Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. Hello, I am Whitney Sewell, host of the Real Estate Syndication Show. Today, I'm excited to have Eddie Lauren as our guest. Thanks for being on the show, Eddie. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. Eddie, over the past 30 years, uh, has successfully purchased and transformed $3 billion worth of multifamily real estate, acting as either the principal or advisor, amounting to more than 180 thriving communities covering approximately 40,000 apartment units throughout the United States. Well, that's very impressive, uh, Eddie. Could you just could you back up and, and tell us a little bit about how you got into real estate and why, why real estate? Well, sure. Um, I grew up trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life food, clothing. I tried those two basics and ended up focusing on shelter. So cool. I found that I had a pretty good niche and a pretty good knack for having vision to transform properties. And my goal, since I grew up pretty modestly, was to always have a really clean, safe, affordable place to live. And so that's what we've been able to do, to take properties and especially if they're blighted or we like to say we take light and make light and transform them into really thriving communities. So we take pride in that. And uh, that's kind of how I transitioned all the way up from office, retail, industrial. They all just seem not as meaningful as uh, the apartment business. So it really gives joy to us and our team to be able to provide these wonderful places for people to thrive under our roofs. Nice. So what about, you know, why did you choose, um, I guess, real estate, Did you know, as opposed to having a, a burger shop or a store, you know, just something else random? Was there something that, uh, do you have, do you see other people or mentors that were successful and you said, okay, you know, real estate is, is the avenue for me? Most of the wealth in this world comes in the form of real estate is, is what I saw. Plus I had an uncle who had a heart attack at 50 and he owned one building he didn't start in real estate. He was importing transistor radios in the 50s from, from Japan, but um, ended up paying off that building and living off of it for many years, 25 years he lived after his heart attack and didn't go to work or anything because he had the income from real estate. So passive income, that's the concept. So that was right. the initial attraction. But, uh, you know, I still wanted to try, you know, food and clothing, like I said, and, you know, the basics, but I ended up in shelter. Yeah. Can you, could you tell us a little bit about uh, what your company's focus is right now or where maybe a, a current deal you're working on? Sure. We're working on uh, the concept of impact investing and affordable housing because, you know, in a toppy market, which we believe that this real estate market is, I'm not worried about uh, recession too much because there's so much pent up demand, but there's no demand for the high end there's a demand for the low end. So we've always been value add players and we focus on stabilized cash flows that come from basic workforce and affordable housing. So it's the ultimate impact investment. If you know what impact investing is, it's a new segment of this world where you can actually get profit with a purpose, do well by doing good. And this is the concept. We're focused on making things 
that can actually give meaning as well as market rate returns. Nice. And is there any uh, like recent examples or some real some uh, real life examples or deals you all have recently done where you could you could tell us about as far as the impact impact investing? Sure. I just closed a deal in Southern California in Los Angeles, and we've been able to buy a 50 unit building set aside for supportive housing for people transitioning out of homelessness. We get a property tax abatement in exchange for a um, income restricted property. So although they're all studios and ones, and so we're able to provide people in need, a great, clean, safe place to live in concert with the government. So it's a public-private partnership. It doesn't cost the government anything except for the property tax abatement, which is a quid pro quo for creating affordable housing. Now, you can build brand new product, and it's very hard to finance it, or you can buy old existing product, what we call NOAA, naturally occurring affordable housing, and do the right thing and give people that clean, safe, affordable place to live. You treat them with respect and dignity. They stay, they pay, and they refer their friends. It's a very simple business. Nice. How do you find properties like that? Well, I've been doing this a long time. I've got broker relationships that are extensive, management company relationships. And beyond that, I tend to have, based on experience, a lot of vision on how I can transform assets where other people don't see the value, I, I see it. So um, a little creative. You got to be uh, thinking out of the box. You got to do things that people don't. And that's that's it. It's very, it's very simple. Could you give us some examples to help us think out of the box? And when we look at a property, what are some things we need to be thinking? Well, you got to look for amenities. Are is the pool nice? Is it a resort style pool? Does it give value? Is the fitness center? In disarray, is there a basement you can make a fitness center? Uh, is a laundry room in shambles or is it really clean? Do you have the great laundry machines that'll text you when you're done? Um, just basics. If whatever you want to live with, would you live there? It may not be the ideal location or something, but the question is, would you live there? And have you looked to provide enough value that someone would pay you a little more to do that, yet still be in the affordable workforce, affordable housing range. What kind of business model do you have with, with that type of, of property? Is it still, you know, are you looking to sell in five to seven years or is this a long-term hold or what does that look like? You know, it all depends. I know everybody hates that. My children hate that. <laughs> I always give them an answer. It depends on the, it depends on your equity partner, what their goals are. It depends on, the marketplace, it depends on your financing. So the answer is all of the above and none of the above. Could you, I guess, uh, how, how do you go into a deal though, or, or like without having a more set out plan? Well, this one I told you about in Los Angeles is a 15 year hold. The, lend, the, the loan is a prepayment penalty. It doesn't make sense to sell before 15 years. Um, I'm doing a deal in Maryland through our impact housing REIT, which is an uh, the first crowdfunded REIT that can provide impact in real estate. And that the city we're creating with the county in conjunction with them, a affordable restrictions for 10 years. And they're forcing us to hold it for 10 years. I'm doing another deal in Maryland that I'm holding for three years because that's what our partners want. Three years. It nice. just depends. 
yeah, you got to be flexible and that's, that's great. You're able to just know how to work that market or the, or the make it work for everybody. Um, could you just give us some, um, I, I guess more towards somebody who's just starting out in the business, uh, in multifamily and give us some advice on, on getting started in, in the multifamily space. Let's say somebody that maybe has a few single family homes, but they're looking to grow, you know, like, like as you have. Well, you, you got to first find the market that you like and the value. And there's never a good time to do a bad deal or a bad time to do a good deal. You're looking for that older, crappier property that you can see how you can envision it renovated and getting the same rent as one down the street or around the corner. It's all common sense. Do you have the ability, let's say that the A rent, the brand new product is $800 more. Can you spend 10,000 a unit, let's say, and get another $300? Whereas it's still affordable, not quite the $800 for the new product, yet give someone value and they get the same thing. It's kind of like a fake Gucci bag. If you can't afford the real one, you get a fake one. Yet it still gives you the same feeling of pride. <laughs> um, tell us about, uh, you know, I know at, at your level now, obviously you have a great team surrounding you. You're purchasing property in different states. and uh, but, but you didn't start there, I would assume, um, or if that's probably safe to say. You know, going back, did you did you start with single family before you you jumped up to the commercial commercial type properties? No, I started in office and retail and industrial, okay. and they were all very very capital intensive and very institutional oriented. So I found that having one year leases versus five and ten year leases allow you to be more nimble and more flexible. So I got into the apartment space for a very large. Um, syndicator and we built and bought about 25,000 units. Uh, so, you know, I have a lot of experience. I've done a lot of deals for someone else. And then I just went on my own and bought my own 15,000 and I'm down to about six or 7,000 as we've transitioned in and out of deals. Cause again, it depends on the equity. What is the most difficult part of the syndication part uh, of the business? What's the most difficult part of the business uh, that someone should focus on and get, say, really good at before they jump in? Find the right partner. I've had plenty of partners who were the wrong partner. They were not, it wasn't a two-way street. You need a two-way street. You need appreciative capital, what I call it. Could you elaborate on what that means, appreciative capital? Well, someone who's probably not in the business, who understands and appreciates the value that you're bringing. They leave you alone, they let you do what you need to do, and they trust you, and they're focused on their business. And hopefully it's not real estate, because everybody's a real estate genius, and they second and third guess you. So stay away from very savvy real estate investors, is my prediction or my my advice. You want to find people that are non-real estate oriented, but yet are happy to get a great return. And that would just be on the investor side or all the way around? Yeah, on the investor side. I don't know what all the way around would. Well, I just mean like somebody else that, that maybe has a deal or you're partnering with somebody else that's, you know, in real estate, but they're, they found the deal or. Um, well, what choice do you have? The deal drives everything. Ideally, right. you find your own deals and you don't have to worry about these geniuses. <laughs> um, what would you say is the number one thing that's contributed to your success? Perseverance. 
I never give up. Like Winston Churchill. Life is very hard, and so is this business. It's brutal. It's gut-wrenching. It's hard. It sucks. It's great. I never give up. <laughs> I love that answer. Um, why do most uh, syndicators fail? Probably they give up. Most likely. Um, any other any other big mistakes that stick out? I mean, as long as you've been in the business, I'm sure you've seen many people get in and get out. You make, make mistakes every day. That's why you probably it takes you know, 30 years to be an overnight success, right? I mean, you have to make a lot of mistakes. You think you're doing the right thing. You follow your gut, you follow your intuition. And sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. Could you tell us some, I guess, maybe about some team members that you've put in place that's helped you the most? I have a great team. It's asset management, it's construction management, it's acquisitions, um, it's accounting, it's all of it everybody's an integral part because they all have the same goal. You got to all be swimming and rowing in the right direction. And if you have to get out of the boat, that's why I say swimming because sometimes it's hard and you got to swim. How do you motivate that assistant or that person that's on your team to, uh, to really be on board uh, and really, I guess, have a little ownership, you know, where they're, they're driven to uh, for you, for your success, for their success. And what do you have any points there? Well, it's first of all, it's money. Everybody has to make money or why would they do it? And it's a sense of pride and purpose. If you focus on the why you do things rather than the what, that helps a lot. We provide incredibly creative, innovative housing for people that are low income. That's the bottom line. And we take pride in that. That's great. Um, Eddie, would you tell our listeners uh, how they can get a hold of you or how they can learn more about you? Well, my whole story is on impacthousing.com. It's uh, probably the best way. You can email me through there or take a look at our videos, take a look at our track record and see some of the things that we've done before and after pictures can help a lot because pictures worth a thousand words, right? That's right. All right, Eddie. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate your time today, Eddie. Pleasure. Yeah. And and I hope people will check his out uh, his website out and connect with him. And uh, we will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show, brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate, while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.